to the Exec MBA podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Billy Peterson. Billy is a student in our Executive MBA class of 2023, and he is also a doctor at UVA Health. Billy and I recently connected to talk more about his MBA journey. He shares more about his professional background, how he decided to pursue an MBA, what led him to Darden, what he's gotten out of the experience thus far, and how he and his family have navigated this first year in the Executive MBA program. If you have questions about time management strategies, how students fit this program into a very busy and full life, this conversation is essential listening. So without further ado, here is my interview with Billy Peterson. Billy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Brett. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Well, it's great to have you here. Man, it is flying by for your class. What are y'all, almost a year into the program? How does this happen, Billy? I don't know. It is flying. We have our uh, mid-program celebration next month, which is just kind of mind-blowing. But uh, it's going fast, and um, you know, I think we're all really enjoying it. All right. Well, how are you doing, first and foremost? Oh, thanks for asking. I'm doing doing well. Uh, you know, thankful it's spring. It's May and has some nice weather, outdoor activities. Uh, that's been really fun. And um, I've had a little bit of a break from school actually since our last um, exam period. And so it's been been a nice breather. But getting getting ramped up for next week. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm doing great overall. Thank you. Thanks for asking. Yeah, the exam periods, we get a lot of questions from prospective students about the exam periods, interestingly enough. Um, I, I think sometimes people hear that word exam and, well, their brain goes in all kinds of stressful right. directions. But in my experience, working with executive MBA students, it can actually be a little bit of a break depending on how you choose to manage your time during uh, that period. That's right. I, I think that's true. You know, we, we have a lot of flexibility, which is nice. You know, um, the honor code here uh, enables us to be able to, to take exams on our own time. And right, it, you know, you sort of have the ability to schedule that week as you as you want. And it's typically three exams uh, in the course of, you know, seven or eight days time. And so um, I think most of us set aside a, a day or two to kind of review everything. And then just schedule out, you know, a couple of days to actually take the tests. But, um, uh, but right, you can sort of just focus on on, on uh, preparing for the tests and taking them. There, there's no classes that week and, and no new reading. And so uh, I think it does feel, you know, sort of like a, like a break from the, um, the typical routine of class. That's right. Yeah. And we're both in Charlottesville, interestingly enough, at least this week as we're recording this podcast. It's it's early May, as you noted. I'm here, Darden Grounds, for the second leadership residency with our executive MBA class of 2022, uh, which is an incredible week mm -hmm. of celebration, all kinds of incredible classes, lots of socializing for the students, just as it should be. Mm -hmm. It's a great opportunity to look back on all you've done over the past 20 months or so and and this is also a time, Billy, where it's probably no surprise. We hear a ton about life changes and career and new jobs and moving to this place. And so this is probably one of my favorite weeks. But I love that midpoint celebration, too, because I think people can start to see uh, the, the end. Uh, they can start to see it out on the horizon. And, and that's exciting, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's um, uh, right. It's, a, it's an exciting time, you know, to sort of transition into the second year of the program and um, and yeah, I look forward to our, our LR2, our leadership residency too. And gosh, just, uh, you know, a few months later. So yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. 
Well, tell us a little bit more about you. Uh, who are you? What's your background? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Uh, yeah. So yeah, again, Billy uh, Peterson's my name and I'm, uh, you know, married, I have three kids. They're four, six and eight years old and uh, I've got a puppy at home as well. So, um, you know, family life, home life is a lot of fun. Uh, I, um, I'm a physician. I work at, uh, UVA hospital and, um, uh, I'm, a, uh, in pediatric hematology and oncology. So I take care of kids, um, uh, blood disorders and cancers. And then I, uh, also have an administrative role. Um, I'm an associate chief medical officer here at the hospital. And so, um, I kind of split my time in, in those two realms, but, uh, yeah, so I'm, uh, one of the, I think six physicians in our class and, um, uh, you know, um, learning, a, learning a ton of this program that I'm, I'm already using, you know, and, and uh, especially in the administrative side of my, my job. So, um, and I'm also a, a UVA undergrad, um, you know, graduate. So I'm, uh, you know, proud to be back in, uh, back in school here. So, um, and I live here, of course. So, um, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of fun. When you graduate from Darden, will that be a triple who experience? It's a great question, Brad. I believe it'll be a double who because I, I did undergrad here. I left for all the rest of my kind of school and training. And so then I'll, it'll be my second school experience, even though I, I work here. I'm not sure if that counts toward the uh, the who uh, criteria, but I believe that only the schooling does. So I think I think I'm a double who, but um, I can I can research that and get back to you. Yeah, well, I have to look in our handbook. It's uh, it's somewhere around here. Uh, I just have to have to check the bylaws. Really, I think that's probably what we're talking about, Billy. We should uh, some fine that. print. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, how did you get interested in pursuing an MBA? Some of our listeners they they know we've had physicians previously here on the podcast, so it's not a totally unheard of thing for people medical profession uh, to come do a program, executive MBA program, um, mm-hmm. but everybody's story is just a little bit different. So how did you get interested in pursuing an MBA? Sure. You know, if you, if you would ask my, my five years ago self, if I would, if I would ever um, go to business school, I would have, I would have thought, no, I wouldn't have had a, it wasn't on my radar. And, and I think over the last few years, as I've, um, gotten more and more into the administrative side of healthcare and, and sort of hospital leadership. I, I really enjoyed it a lot. And um, uh, a couple mentors of mine here had suggested, hey, you should really think about this. And, you know, at first I thought, well, that, that doesn't, you know, it doesn't seem like something that I would be good at or, or that would necessarily help me. But pretty quickly, I realized, no, actually, that would help me a ton. And in, in, in this especially in my um, kind of leadership role, administrative role. Um, uh, and so, um, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I realized this would be such a good thing for me, um, for, for my career path. And, um, and so, uh, and, and it certainly played out to be that way. I'm, I'm already using a lot of what I'm learning even already in school. So, so yeah, I think that's how it came, it came about. I just was uh, increasing in my administrative and leadership uh, roles in the hospital and, and realizing also realizing that I was sort of hitting a ceiling on my abilities, you know, my skills and my experience. I, I, I was um, seeing a need for, for more understanding, especially the, the financial side of, of healthcare, but uh, even just in my leadership training. And um, uh, yeah, I, I identify a lot of areas that I could certainly um, you know, do more had I the, the, the knowledge and, and training. So yeah, it became more and more appealing. And I'm, I'm certainly uh, so thankful that I'm, I'm doing it. 
It's an interesting thing because when I've talked to doctors who are moving into these kinds of administrative roles, I think the thing that they come up against is their previous education didn't really touch on a lot of the things that they're being asked to do. And so they feel these gaps and what to do now. Am I supposed to learn everything the hard way out here? Um, so how did you decide that like school, uh, you know, school is how I'm going to be able to kind of build this skill set? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, I think largely through speaking with a mentor of mine who's who's also a pediatric physician who also did the Darden MBA, executive MBA, really understanding more and more of, of how how this experience would equip me, how this um, this education would equip me to do the things I want to do um, with with my career. And, and I'm not even sure exactly what that is, but I know that uh, you know. Uh, the skills that I'm learning and will learn in this program and the knowledge base that I'm, I'm sort of gaining will, will, be, will be very broadly applicable and will absolutely, you know, set me up for, um, for more success um, in, um, yeah, in, in sort of in, in these leadership roles. And so, um, yeah, I think it was just through really, really looking into it, really understanding what, what is what is an MBA? What, what would I, what would I learn in that, in that sort of program? Um, I think I, I came to realize, yeah, this is, this is actually really great. And I would, I would really benefit from this. One of the other things, you know, we typically will have probably somewhere between three to five or six doctors in each executive MBA class. Uh, we'll note the class that's about to graduate this year, uh, the class of 2022, we ended up with oh, double digits doctors, like 12, 13 or so doctors, a really atypical class in that way. But we've always had doctors in our program. And I think one of the decisions for many doctors considering an MBA is to do something more general. You know, Darden's obviously a general management program. And so you're going to get that broad foundation in business. There are electives. The other opportunity is to potentially do something that has a very strong healthcare focus and is really kind of slanted in that direction. Did you consider doing a healthcare MBA or something that had more of that sort of express healthcare orientation? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, I, I thought about it. Um, I, I was never very serious about a healthcare focused degree, um, mainly because of what you said. I, I felt the value in having a broader foundation, um, maybe more general foundation and just exposure to, to so many different industries um, and being surrounded by, by classmates and peers who come from all different you know, backgrounds. Um, I, I felt that that would be really valuable. And it's certainly, I, uh, you know, it's certainly playing out to, to be that way. I mean, I, um, I think I'm learning so much more than I otherwise would in a healthcare focused degree. Now, of course, there's there's value in, in doing a healthcare focused degree for for someone who who wants to you know is, is certain they want to stay in hospital leadership or something like that um, for for their career, which which I expect that I will. But I, I, yeah, I just think there's a lot of value in in um, in, in the foundation that you that you mentioned and just sort of a, a general management foundation. I'm being challenged by so many smart people from so many different backgrounds and learning so much from, from them and, and um, obviously from the program itself. Uh, so that, yeah, that I, I thought about it. I never actually really seriously considered it. This was, this was sort of to me the, the best path for, for me. 
The other thing that I've heard pretty consistently from the doctors in our program, something along the lines of the increased complexity of leading, managing a healthcare organization, um, that it's just a really challenging business right now. And there's a lot of change. And I think there's some dysfunction. People are trying to figure out how to solve some of these problems. You feel like it feels like healthcare has been in the public discourse for a very long time and certainly accelerated after the Affordable Care Act. And it feels like we've been talking about ever, it ever since. Um, and so it, does that resonate with you, this idea that, that healthcare, the delivery of healthcare is, is very complicated right now? Oh, absolutely. It's that is a fact. I mean, it is. I've heard people say it's it's the most complicated of all the of all the industries. Um, it is it is very complicated. You know, you, you mentioned a lot of the factors. You know, we, we talk about in this country, the healthcare. Um, uh, you know, health insurance has been obviously a very hot button topic for for years and at really longer. Um, that really complicates um, the way we provide care. We spend a lot of money on our care here, and there's all kinds of efforts to try to reduce the costs. And um, oh yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's very complicated. And and I'm already I, I you know just back to the training I'm getting. I'm already feeling more equipped to be in those conversations with our sort of senior senior leaders, just as they're navigating some of these waters. Um, um, on behalf of our institution, you know, I can, I can really appreciate um, on a much deeper level, you know, that these challenges and, and start to think about how to, how to approach them. Yeah. It's an interesting thing, particularly one of the things that's really compelling for executive MBA students is this, you're learning things in class, you're going back to work, you're applying those things that you learn or your perspective on the work that you're doing, the problems that you're seeing in your workplace or the opportunities there your perspective and your approach to those things is changing in real time. Absolutely. Oh, it's absolutely true. Um, I mean, it's happened several times now that, that, um, you know, we have an assignment or, or something in, in class that I'm, I'm able to directly, you know, use an experience that I'm either going through or have just gone through at work. Um, and also kind of in real time here, just thinking about, gosh, we, we just talked about this type of thing in class and, and I, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to approach it, you know, a little differently because of the, you know, the, what I just learned, you know, last week or something it, that, that happens regularly. Um, so yes, it is sort of, it is helping to shape and shift my, my, uh, my perspective um, in, yeah, in real time. All right. So you come to Darden and you're a business school student, a little different than being a medical student. Uh, what was it like to be in a business school classroom and, and navigating those first few quarters in the program? Yeah, it, it was different. Um, you know, the environment is, um, is, is, is really great, right? So, you, you know, you have this room full of people that are all eager to learn, eager to get to know each other, eager to make friends. Um, and, and I think, um, you all and, and the leadership of the school really helped to set the tone um, such that it's a it, it's a it's a very welcoming and uh, uh, it's an environment that's very conducive to learning. And so, um, yes, I was nervous coming in. First of all, just being back in the classroom. It had been a long time since I, I took a class, um, but but uh, but especially a business <laughs> business classroom that was very. Uh, it felt very different coming in, but very quickly felt at home, felt welcome, you know, felt like I was, 
you know, a part of a part of the group. Um, and yeah, that, I think that has to do a lot with just the way, the way it's set up and, and just the, you know, the personality of the class. I really, um, thankful for that. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things about the program is that it's relatively small, 135 or so students per class. It has that kind of tight knit feel to it. You very quickly get to know everybody. Um, certainly during that first week, people ask us all the time, what's LR1 all about? What are you doing in LR1? And I share that one of the key goals of that week is to try to help students make as many connections as possible uh, during that first week of school. Uh, and it just rolls from there, right? Quarter one, quarter two. And of course, everybody's new to this experience. Nobody's done graduate business school education. MBA is new. A lot of the subject matter is unfamiliar to many of our students. Right. And so um, that helps build connection too. Right. Absolutely. No, that's, that's exactly how it played out. I think for, for all of us, you know, we, uh, so much excitement starting, starting uh, the year and having a, a week in person um, to, to kick it all off was, was really great. And, and that's right. I mean, you know, those friendships just kind of hit the ground running um, from the beginning. So yeah, that's absolutely true. Well, Billy, undoubtedly listening to this particular conversation right now, we, we, I'm certain have some parents, people who are thinking about doing a program, balancing, juggling, whatever the right verb is here, work, life, school, and family commitments. You mentioned you've got young kids, four, six, and eight. You've got a puppy. Uh, you've got a lot on your plate. So what was, tell us a little bit more about your, your family's journey here as you, you know, navigated this first year of the program. How have you approached uh, this? And maybe if we can go even back further, you know, in the summer, as you were preparing to embark upon this journey, mm -hmm. how did you set the expectation? What kind of conversations were you having? Yeah, great questions, Brad. I mean, I, you know, it started with a conversation with, with my wife, of course, you know, what are, are are we crazy to think about doing this? And, um, you know, she, she like always was, was super supportive and, um, really, um, uh, really encouraged me to, to, to consider it knowing that it was going to add to the, add to the chaos of it. You know, life is pretty busy, um, right now, um, as you mentioned. And so, uh, but no, so thankful for that. And, um, yeah, and talking with my kids was interesting. So, you know, my oldest is in second grade and, um, uh, next oldest is in kindergarten. So they're, they're just sort of new to school. And so this concept of, you know, dad also being in school, dad doing homework too, just like, just like us, um, you know, it actually has been really neat to, to, to be able to sort of teach them, you know, it is such a privilege to learn. I mean, you know, um, I think we too often take that for granted, but, but it's been fun to be able to tell them, yes, I'm, I've chosen to go back to school. I've chosen to take tests and do homework and, and learn. Um, and, and that's been really fun for them to, to sort of buy into that and, and be excited that we're, we're, we're doing it together. Um, so, um, yeah, I think that that's, that was a big part of it too, just to sort of explain, you know, the value of, of education and, and learning. It's such a gift. And um, that's how I, that's how I really feel. And then, yeah, so getting getting kind of into the program, it took a while to figure out, you know, when am I going to get the, the work done? And, and you know, there's some adjustment with my, my work schedule, trying to, to make sure there's time in the week to, to do all the things I need to do, attend the classes, you know, Tuesday, Thursday nights, um, virtually. 
uh, I've gotten in the habit of just waking up early every morning. You know, I get up before everybody else and get, you know, get an hour, hour and a half in, um, you know, so I'm not bothering anybody. I'm not taking away from my family time. Uh, that, so we've gotten in a pretty good rhythm, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, so far so good. I, I, again, probably mostly thankful, uh, you know, thanks to my, my wife and her support and, uh, taking on extra burden, but, but no, it's gone well. And, you know, um, I think, uh, it's certainly, it's certainly doable. I think the program gives enough flexibility, um, and, and everybody's and everybody's got a busy life. Everybody's working. Um, not everybody has kids, but everybody's working and busy. And so there, there's, um, you know, the, the program is uh, set up in, in such a way that, you know, you can, you can make it work. And, um, and that's been, been my experience so far. I love your points about your conversations with your, your children. Um, one of the things uh, that I find so funny, no matter how many times I hear these kinds of stories, is when students will talk with their young kids who maybe in school, second, third grade, that kind of age. And they're like, all right, well, I'm going to school uh, too. And I've got this MBA program. And the kids' reactions like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm in, I'm in school. I, I know about that. Yeah, right. You don't have to tell me. Like, it's this like, right. <laughs> it's this incredible like <laughs> moment where they're like, yeah, yeah, you and everybody else I know doing school. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that, that is... That is funny. Yeah. It's sort of like we're, we're peers, uh, peers again. And, um, yeah, that school is just part of life to them. And in fact, it, it stands out that my wife is the only one in the house that's not in school. They, they bring that up from time to time. Um, you know, is, is mom going to go to school too? And we say, maybe, maybe so, maybe she'll do this next, but, uh, yeah, it is, it is, it is funny. So I appreciate your point about how you found time in your day. And I want to talk a little bit more about this because we get a lot of questions from prospective students about the time commitment during the week and trying to say, you know, on average, what we hear from students is it's probably something like 15 or so hours per week. Um, and that's inclusive of team meetings and maybe career sessions, extracurricular stuff, as well as the online classes and case reading. And, you know, for some people in some quarters that you know, maybe a little bit more than that, maybe a little bit less than that, depending on the classes you're taking. Um, but there's no one right way to do this. Mm -hmm. And everybody I talked to on the podcast is a slightly different approach. How did you hit on, you know, mornings as being a good time mm -hmm. for you? Yeah. Um, good question. I, I think that, um, you know, it, to me, it was, um, one way to get some of this work done at home without bothering my family or taking away from my family time. So getting up early, you know, house is quiet and, and I can, you know, I can you know, be productive and, and not, you know, be doing that while my kids want to play or, or we're eating dinner or something. I'm, I'm choosing the time when they're all, they're all asleep. And, and so that, that, um, you know, that's why that was appealing. And then I, you know, I've, I've kind of worked on my schedule at work, the parts of it that, that are, are flexible, you know, my, um, the patient care part is less, less easy to, to adjust, but the administrative part, I can, I can kind of set meetings as I, um, as I want largely. And so I've, I've tried to protect, you know, Monday afternoons as a time when I don't set up meetings and I have a, um, a opening in my schedule where I can try to get some extra schoolwork done um, towards the end of that work day. Um, and that doesn't work every week, but, but a lot of weeks it does. Um, and then certain weeks there's Thursday afternoons where I, 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 I kind of cleared meetings off my, my calendar. And so, um, and, and, you know, I, I have to still get my work done, you know, and so I get that, 
Sometimes that shifts into the evening or in the mornings or, um, or I stay a little later sometimes, but, um, but right. It, it's important, you know, to, to be successful. You just, you have to spend time. You have to spend time learning. You have to be prepared for class. You have to, you know, learn the material, of course. And so and that just takes time. It takes hours. And so you have to just kind of find those hours in your, in your week. A lot of my classmates spend that time on the weekends, you know, and at night, you know, so, so there's, there's lots of different ways to do it, but, but right. That's kind of how, how I landed um, uh, largely. Yeah. This point about found time and looking for opportunities in your schedule. I've heard all kinds of different strategies around that. I mean, 30 minutes here, an hour there, like adding all this up. I, it, I think sometimes when people think about you know, schoolwork, they might think about 10 hours of uninterrupted time or something like that. And, and you might be the occasional student who is managing their time in that way, just a Saturday where they really hunker down with everything, for example. But more often, I, I tend to hear like this kind of like, I wake up early or I, I stay up late or you know, I have this block of time kind of carved out and that's my window. I need to get as much done as I can. Um, that sounds like that resonates with you. Yeah, it does. It does. And I think the program lends itself to that, you know, cause you have usually about three classes at a time. And for each class you have the, the next class to prepare for. And that's, that's an hour or two, you know, and so you can find, find windows to get the, get those done in, in sort of pieces instead of um, needing to do it all at once. Um, but yeah, you're right. Some people do. Some people set aside every Saturday or something, you know, several hours in a row. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot of different ways to do it. But I, I agree with you. Um, it's probably most common that we're finding an hour or two here and there to get the kind of get the the study in and the preparation done. The other thing I wrestle with as an admissions officer, particularly around this conversation, and I'm curious to hear your reaction to this, Billy. I think it's one thing for us as admissions team to describe the program to you and the, the nature of the time commitment and say, oh, we think it, you know, it's typically in our experience, we find it to be around 15 hours or so per week for, for most students. I think everybody's lived experience of that is very different. It's, uh, you know, it's unique. It's individual. Um, what's your reaction to that? Do you feel like it's actually possible to describe to someone exactly what it would be like for, for them? I, I, I struggle with this a lot because I think until you're in it, it's hard mm -hmm. to really, really understand it. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It, I think it is hard to explain. I think, you know, uh, everybody said, and I, I know several people that have done the, the executive MBA, talked to you a lot about it, Brad. I remember um, as we were, we were getting uh, in the application process and um, all the facts were out there. I mean, I knew those numbers, but you don't quite understand the impact on your life until you're doing it. And and, you know, 15 hours in my head was different from the way 15 hours plays out, you know, today. And, and actually it plays out differently today than it did two months ago, three months ago, you know, cause you kind of, kind of tweak as you go and, and settle into the program. But, but no, I think you're right. It's really, really hard to, to explain, to really prepare somebody for what it's going to be like until you're, until you're in it. I think that, you know, it's important to make sure people know, yeah, that's about the time commitment and, and it is doable. You know, even if you have a busy job, it is doable. You might not feel like you have 15 free hours on the week, but but you'll you'll find it. You know, it's there. Um, it'll take some adjusting, um, but it's there. I think that's important um, uh, that people understand because um, you know I, I remember coming into the program thinking, where in the world am I going to find 15 hours? 
and and you just do you just do because you have to you know it's it's just part of um part of how it all works but but yeah everybody has that same experience i think you know it's it, um you just kind of find your way and, and you get it done and um and it, it just works yeah that last point is one that we try to share with prospective students and bear with me here this little bit of psychology but uh and it's dangerous for an English major to do this, even on a podcast. But nevertheless, um, for really motivated, driven people, the kinds of people looking at executive MBA programs, it can be hard to accept not having everything just so and buttoned up in a plan for everything. And how am I going to do this? This idea like it's just going to work. You got to trust that you're going to keep moving forward because that's that's what I've seen with the program that people start down this path and they find a way, but that may not be the most comfortable thought for people as they embark upon mm -hmm. this journey. Any reaction to that? No, it's a great point. And, um, you know, people who would be interested in pursuing an executive MBA are tend to be people that have, you know, done well in, in school and work in the past and are, are, are more on the perfectionist side of things. And so, you know, probably it's uncomfortable to, you know, sort of step into something with, with so much unknown. I, I can, I can relate to that. That's how I felt. Um, I think, I think that's right. And, and I think, um, you know, I think through talking with people that are doing it or have done it, talking uh, with, with you and the rest of the admissions folks, I think you can get there and, and it's less unknown, but it's, but it's still going to be a leap of faith a bit to say, yeah, I can do this. And, 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 you know, we'll, I trust that we'll, we'll figure it out. So um, I think that's right. And, and honestly, Brett, that's been part of the part of um, the experience for me that has been so valuable has been um, those sorts of personal challenges. Right. Um, starting something that I wasn't exactly sure how it was going to play out, not exactly sure how I was going to do and how successful I would be. Um, uh, and then, you know, you know, talk about the case method, which we may talk about more later, because I know people have a lot of questions about that. You know, being in a classroom, preparing for a case and knowing that, that I, you know, I'm going to potentially be called on or, or need to speak about this and, and wondering if I'll say the right thing. I mean, that kind of thing is uncomfortable for a lot of us. And um, but goodness, it's it's so good for us to, to put ourselves in those situations and to, and to be challenged. And, and you know, I've, I have personally grown a lot through this experience. Um, yeah, doing something new and different putting myself out there a bit. I mean, I've, I've really um, been personally challenged and have, have grown in I think some really meaningful ways um, just through, through that sort of um, stepping into the unknown a bit. So um, yeah, I guess there's some psychology back at you, Brad. I mean, I, I think that's, I really feel, feel like that that's true. Well, you make a good point. I mean, where does growth come from, right? Mm -hmm. This is a, the question that we sometimes talk around or ask related questions to, I mean, growth comes from pushing ourselves and getting outside of those comfort areas. We just continue to do things that are natural to you, easier for you, more comfortable for you. Are you really going to transform? You know, that, that's a, that's a good question. So much of what I think this program is about is about transformational growth. And that only happens in that kind of discomfort. Mm. I, I, I like that a lot. And I think that's true there, you know, so Jim Dietert, I uh, took his, his class defining moments just last quarter. And it was awesome. It was one of the highlights of my, my uh, experience so far, but he, we, uh, we read uh, his book and one of the quotes was fear isn't a sign that you shouldn't do something or 
it's a it's a it's a sign that the stage is set. Like you, you this it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to to learn and grow and 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 become better. You know, and so um, I, I really love that. I think that's that that uh, that that's really true. Well, Billy, before we talk about the case method, and I want to talk about that a little bit because you're right, we do get a lot of prospective student questions about this learning experience. Um, I want to ask one more question about this time management sort of family uh, experience. One of the reasons why we encourage students to have not just conversations before they start the program, but ongoing conversations is what we were talking about just a few minutes ago, the idea that it's it's really very difficult to perfectly prepare everybody in your life for what this is going to look like. And it's not until you get into it uh, that you start to get a sense. And so therefore the necessity to check in to have regular conversations, to, you know, every week, every, you know, maybe even every day, like what's going on? What do we have? This is what I have coming up in school. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we encourage people to, to take that approach. Has that, has that been how you as your family has, have, has worked through this? It is. Um, my wife and I always, um, we, we, even before this, we're in the habit of every Sunday looking ahead at the week, what's the week going to be like, um, or other days I have early meetings or late days or whatever to plan. And that's, that's even more important now because there are, uh, yeah, there's school activities, there's, there's classes, there's team meetings. And so we, we have to be uh, even more careful about that. Just making sure she, she knows kind of, um, uh, you know, what, what I have going on uh, for school each week. Um, so, so yeah, I, I do, I do think so. Um, and, and we check in, you know, regularly, Hey, you know, you did okay. Or, you know, and, and of course the weekends I'm away, especially when I, when I go up to, um, to Roslyn for school, you know, there's, there's a, a little extra burden on, on my wife, obviously taking care of the kids and, you know, but it's, it's again, like very supportive and it's, it's gone, it's gone well. And, but I do think you're right. There's value in yeah, ongoing kind of checking in and making sure, you know, how we're doing this is working. Cause again, like we said before, there's, you, there, there's flexibility, you know, you can adjust and change, um, you know, the approach as you go. And I think we've, we've certainly done a bit of that, you know, uh, as, as we've kind of settled in. All right. Well, let's talk about the, the case method. I imagine this was a new kind of learning for you. It always seems like even for people who may have done some kind of Socratic education, uh, business school kinds of problems you're looking at, the nature of the environment, graduate level, education, there's newness for every, everybody in the room. So uh, what was it like to, to find yourself in a Darden classroom in a case discussion? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a pretty powerful um, way to learn. And it's very different from how I naturally approached school in the past. You know, I would do most of my learning after the class. I'd show up um, mostly unprepared get fed the information by the teacher. And then at some point later, you know, review it and, and make sure I understood it well enough for the test, right? With the case method, you know, you're presented with a case in advance of the class. And the expectation is you're gonna be prepared to discuss, you know, that case in class, not only like the details of the case, but also what do you think about it? and. And, and how would you approach this if you were the, you know, sort of the, the main character? Um, and, and it's often tied to readings, you know, these technical notes that, that help explain, you know, some of the, the information, you know, how do you approach, um, you know, a given scenario? And so it, it flips it around for a lot of us where it's like, oh, we, we do a lot of the learning up front. 
a lot of learning before you even walk into the classroom. So that when you walk into the classroom, you know, this, this professor who's so gifted at, at sort of leading the discussion can then say, okay, well, what do we, what do we learn here? And what do we think about this? Everybody's sort of on, on the same footing for the most part, you can jump right in and, and, um, and really get into the kind of the, the important stuff, the, the meat of the case um, way differently than you ever could if you just showed up and, and started a conversation fresh in, in the room. So um, it's, it's certainly different um, than, than anything I've really done before, but it is, um, wow. I mean, the, the learning is just a, a completely different level. You know, the amount of studying I need to do for the tests is a lot less than it used to be, right? Because I, I just understand this stuff a lot better having, you know, studied it before the class and then talk about it during the class and with my learning team, right? So, um, yeah, it, it's a very, um, it's an effective learning uh, style for sure. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's been really enjoyable as well. Really, really, um, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah, there's something about having that story around the information, I think, for students. Um, you think about how humans, uh, this is, again, this armchair, like, I don't know, evolutionary psychology, like how our brain brains work, you know, hardwired for stories. And the case method is, well, it's narrative, it's story-driven. Right. Yeah, you know, and when I think about what I've learned, you know, I can, I can tie the concepts to... Um, the people we read about in the cases, the the scenarios we we, we encounter in the case, because it, it just brings the concepts to life. It, absolutely, you're right. The story aspect of it brings those concepts to life, and it, and it makes it um, just much more real and um, applicable. I think. Um, so yeah, that that's a great a great way to say it. You know, the there's a story, and then there's also this information, and you tie them together, and it and it sort of makes it more memorable and more more accessible. And um, yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. How's your learning team been? Um, this is something we sometimes hear from from students who come on the podcast. Um, can you tell us a little bit about them? Learning team's been amazing. Yeah, we're learning team five. Uh, there's six of us and uh, we, we, we all hit it off right away. You know, we met obviously during, during LR1 and um, yeah, it, it, it's been a real I would say it's been one of the highlights of my time in school so far is the, those relationships and the interactions we've had, um, you know, helping each other, you know, learn the material, but also just, you know, be, becoming friends and, and supporting each other through some hard times. Actually, some we've, we've each, you know, uh, been through, you know, different things in our lives over the last several months. And we've sort of been there for each other um, in a lot of those ways and also just we just like like being together. It really, each of the each of the um, Roslyn weekends, we make a point to go out for a meal together, um, and uh, it's it's usually the highlight of the weekend. You know, we we just get along great, and um, it, it's a really neat way to um, you know help us learn. Right, you have a you have a dedicated you know uh, group that you can you know review material with. We meet you know, typically once a week, um, uh, and um, you know it really helps to to learn and just to make it more enjoyable. I, I really have, have enjoyed that. In those once a week meetings, I assume virtual zoom calls, right. that sort of thing in the evening. Yeah. yeah. The way we're, we're doing it is a Monday evening kind of zoom call. Um, we chose 8 PM and it's usually an hour, sometimes hour and a half. And what we do is go over the, you know, the material for the classes for that week. It's usually a Tuesday, Thursday class. So we talk about, you know, each one in turn and, 
and then the weeks where we were leading up to an on grounds weekend, we, you know, we, we get into the material for, for those, those classes. So it's, it's typically a Monday evening. We just kind of chose that because um, it was in advance of the Tuesday, Thursday classes mainly. All right. Well, it's again, one of those things that you hear lots of different approaches. We get a lot of questions about how the learning teams work together. We say, well, you know, typical, you know, you have meetings at work, right, with people who might be located all over. That's the case for our executive MBA students. So typically meeting virtually, uh, but making some time when they're together uh, during the weekend residencies to catch up. It's cool to hear about y'all going out to eat a meal together, uh, maybe exploring D.C. a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of our um, team members lives in D.C. and has a quite an elaborate Google Doc with all the, the best restaurants and the uh, and we've we've uh, we've we've kind of ticked them off one by one. It's been really really fun. I love that. Uh, you got some of these places. You got to get a reservation well in advance. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, that sounds like a very organized and, and good person to know. Uh, it absolutely is. Yes. Yeah. She she's probably our most valuable player in our in our learning team for that reason. All right. Well, well, Billy, um, you're here approaching the the midpoint of the program. What are you looking forward to as you kind of round into the the second year? Hmm. Um, you know, I am. Um, you know, it's really interesting as I as I think about this program. You know, getting to the halfway point and sort of like you said, seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm actually, I'm sort of uh, wanting to make sure I, um, you know, get the most out of it. I mean, this is it. It is such a gift to be surrounded by these people and learning these things that I. I I have a feeling when it's over, I'm going to, I'm going to really miss it. And so I I really want to um, kind of make the most of it, learn, learn everything I can get the most out of these relationships because it's, it's just a special season in life. Um, I I really, really believe that. So, you know, looking forward to, yeah, just sort of um, the ongoing relationship building and learning that we're doing. I I think specifically I'm excited to get into more of our elective, um, you know, portion of our, our curriculum you know, we, we've done a little bit of that to this point, but I think we get to do a lot more of that as we go the next few quarters. And so that's going to be really fun. I've heard a lot of great things about the electives that are offered. And, and so getting into some of the stuff that, that I'm particularly interested in is going to be really fun. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I'm, I'm excited. It's just, you know, it's been a really, it's just been a really fun, fun process so far. And um, it sort of keeps getting better as we kind of settle deeper and deeper into it. Well, your point about, and that you were talking about the conversations you've had within your family about being in school, uh, about this being a privilege. And, you know, one of the things that I thought about, and I came up in a conversation with one of our executive MBA students, and actually executive MBA faculty member brought it up too, in a, in a call we had with the 2024s, uh, who were going to start this August. He was saying, like, school can be viewed as a break from everything that you have going on. Like you can approach this with joy and excitement. You don't have to look at this like, oh, homework and exams and this whole kind of thing. I mean, admittedly, sometimes school experiences have some baggage uh, for us from prior educational experiences. But I thought it was such a good point, like flips the whole thing around because like you're in an MBA program, you get to carve out dedicated time from your life to be in a room full of smart, interesting people and learn. Like, mm-hmm. How great is that? It, it's really true. I, I really believe that. I mean, I, I feel that way. Um, that's right. It, 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 it truly is a, a gift. It's, it's a really special season in life to get to 
Right. I mean, you have to devote all these these hours per week, right, to learning this stuff. And, and what are you doing? You're sitting down and reading about, you know, all this stuff that's really, really important and really interesting. Um, uh, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think that is that is um, the right way to look at it. Of course, there's stress, right? I mean, the, the exams, you got to make sure you're ready for them. And, um, you know, there's a lot to read and that stuff. I mean, that, that is true. Um uh, but but I, I mostly just feel grateful for the experience. I mean, I'm I'm very yeah, just very thankful. And so um, I think that's really important. I really I really do. I think people should know that that um, the process is really enjoyable. It's not just something to like get through so that you can you know in the end have the degree and have the knowledge and have the skills. It's actually you know a really fun journey. Um, and so yeah, I, I think that's a great point, Brett. All right, Billy. Well, we asked the same last question of all of our podcast guests. Now, I know there's been a lot of advice dispensed here thus far in our conversation. So it can sometimes be a little bit challenging to think of a specific word of advice, some counsel to share with our prospective student listeners. But nevertheless, if you were to offer our listeners considering the Darden Executive MBA program or just you know, going back to school, pursuing an MBA as a working professional student, something to think about, what would you, what would you, what would you offer them? Yeah, good question, Brett. I, I think um, one piece of advice would be um, do it now. I remember when I was starting to think about this and I was getting more and more interested, I thought, you know what? Yeah, that would be neat to do someday. I'll do that someday. I'll apply for business school someday. And, I, and the more I started to think about that, the more I realized I need, to, I need this now. Like I can use, I can use this today. Um, the longer I wait, the, the, the more, the more time I'll spend not having this, this knowledge and these skills. So I think, I think a lot of people tend to, to view it that way. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. I, I'll, I'll do that someday. I think I'd like to do that someday. Even some of my friends, you know, friends that are considering going to business school, I would just say, if you're on the fence, you know, just do it. You know, it, it it's, um, there's no time like the present, right? There's never going to be a, a good time to devote all these extra hours to school. It, it's going to be it's going to be disruptive uh, in any season in life. And of course, there might be some reasons why it, it isn't a good time for you or your family. That, I don't mean to discount that, but if you're on the fence and wondering, should I wait or should I do it? I, I would encourage you just to just to do it. I, I mean, I'm I'm thankful that I did. I mean, it initially was the thing I thought I would do in a few years, and I'm so thankful I, I did it now. So that's that's one. That's one piece of advice that I would give. Billy, I really appreciate that note. It resonates with a lot of the conversations that we've had here on the podcast and it's advice that's come from other students as well, because I think for many of our students, similar to your path, maybe they thought about this for a while. And then, you know, reflecting on that journey, it's like, I overthought this. I thought about it too much. I should have, you know, I, I love where I am and I'm doing all this and I'm learning and it's all, this is great. But like looking back on this, like, I think I was waiting for too many things to line up or I was, you know, just waiting for this window where everything, and it's just not realistic. It's not how mm -hmm. life works. Yeah. I think, I think that's very common and it's normal. I mean, that's, that's, that's natural. That's human nature. And I felt that way for sure. And, and I'm thankful that, you know, I, 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 I guess I had the encouragement and the support to just go for it. And, and I'm so glad I did. I think, um, you know, there's a lot of value in just, in just doing it now, you know, seizing the day. So, um, yeah, yeah. Thanks for, for, uh, for asking. That was a good question. And yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah. Having me on. I really, really enjoyed it, Brett.
Yeah, Billy, such a pleasure. By the way, uh, Seize the Day, Dead Poets Society reference. I, I'm a fan of that movie, as I think most English majors are. So nevertheless, you know, managed to work in, work in a movie reference here. So, um, all right, Billy, well, so great to see you. So great to catch up with you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing, sharing your story with our listeners. And can't wait to see you at, at the next residency. And of course, looking forward to the mid-program celebration in June. It's going to be great. Absolutely. Thank you so much, bro. It was really great to spend time with you today. Thanks for having me. That was my interview with Billy Peterson, a student in our Executive MBA class of 2023. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. You can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.